Hey, Press Pass fans. Night Editor Ben Rowe here. We'll explain this in the episode, but Sports Editor Joy LaFranco was not available to record this week. He usually handles the recording and mixing of all the episodes, so I handled that for this week. I'm still learning my way around the microphone, so the audio quality might be a bit lower than usual. I will definitely get better with time, but just wanted to give everyone a heads up in case anyone was a little confused about, again, maybe some of the static or that kind of thing. But otherwise, here's the show. Episode 30 of the Press Pass Podcast, presented by the Press Republican, and I am not Joey LaFranca. I'm not sure if anyone else has said those words in our 30 episodes, but um, Joey is consumed with the return of sports, so Joe and I are running solo today. I have Editor-in-Chief Joe LaTemplia with me. Who are you? I am... You don't need to know that. (laughs) (laughs) I am Night Editor Ben Rowe. Um, Joey has the intro down to a science, so <laughs> we got to work on our script. But no, no. Um, well, you, 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 there's no Joey Bats. No, no Joey Bats today, <laughs> but we got Ben Rowe, and good to be here with you, as always. I'm, I'm the maestro. Yes, you're the, his royal highness, uh, many things. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, let's see. So that's the intro. Then usually we talk about something we've eaten today. Uh, Could we talk no. about... Today we're going to talk about uh, I'm annoyed. I went Uh-oh. to bed annoyed, I woke up annoyed, and people have been annoying me all day. Uh-oh. People I... need to stop annoying me. I tried not to annoy him. <laughs> <laughs> you did annoy me. <laughs> he, he didn't annoy me, he gave me candy. You ever have one of those days? Where... Oh yeah, oh yeah, where we're just, you wake up and the birds chirping in the morning and like, <laughs> the coffee's, you know... The coffee creamer is outdated. You're like, eh. Everything is annoying. <laughs> Today was one of those days. And I'm ashamed to admit it because we have much to be grateful for. I have much to be grateful for. We um, do. But I chalk it up to the doldrums of late winter. Yes. Uh, you know, everybody's been, in, and plus, of course, the pandemic. It's been weighing on us close to a year now, just about a year. And I think we're all getting to the edge of our ropes um, everywhere you go, really. But temporary, I'm snap out of it, everything's fine, and I'm glad to be here. Right, Ben? Well, as I read on Facebook, there's only 16 days left until that wonderful day of the first spring. day of spring. Yes, yes, we're getting there. So we just have to hold on for like two more weeks. So, yes, over the past year, it feels like every week has just hold on for <laughs> another oh, week. My goodness. But this month is also notable for another thing, is the fact that, as um, you pointed out this morning, Joe, this is Women's History Month. Yes. And I was just thinking of the fact that we at the Press Republican have had many um, talented women on staff over the years. In fact, one of my favorite things to note is I believe, if I have my Press Republican lore correct, that for a time, we were one of the only newspapers in the state, the country, somewhere, to have a um, woman publisher, a woman editor, and a woman um, news editor, and uh, features editor. Uh, yes, I don't know if they all occurred at the same time. I know we have many at some point. <laughs> but Brenda Tallman was the publisher here 
from 1987 to, I want to say, about 1996 or 97. Um, Lois Claremont, of course, was a news city editor. Or actually, I think she was regional editor, city editor, news editor, and then editor-in-chief um, before retiring in 2018. Uh, I think she was here 42 years. Quite a career. Good run. <laughs> um, Shan Moore was features editor and news editor mm-hmm. and also became the editor. Um, she retired, well, 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going on two years. Um, Ann Smith, Ann Easter Smith, was the Lifestyles features editor for several years. Helen McLeod was the regional editor for many years. Jerry Ann Wright Downs was the Sunday editor, I believe, for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yep, and I'm trying to think. Um, well, right as I came on, and I know that she's gotten married, so her name has changed, and I can't recall, but Rachel um, Moore, um, the features editor, right when I came on. Uh-oh, we don't know our first Copeland trivia. A features? Yes, she was um, before Nate... Um, took over she had oh oh rachel osborne rachel osborne yes yes Yes. yep yep and she worked the desk Mm -hmm. paul makis's granddaughter oh there we go paul makis was a long time uh part-time photographer for us from uh, sable forks oh very good um yep rachel osborne um i'm trying to think other uh women that we've had in management positions of course today we have lamia el who runs the whole shebang she uh, is our director of operations here and does a wonderful job for the Press Republican, a strong uh, business person, um, not only here, but the whole community. So we have been influenced by many outstanding women over the years, and I'm happy. I mean, I myself have been strongly influenced by powerful, strong, accomplished women my whole life. Uh, my mother's one of ten kids. She had seven sisters, so I had strong aunts, strong grandmother. I've got two <laughs> sisters, no brothers. Strong wife, very strong wife, um, and two wonderful daughters. Uh, so I've been, and I worked for all these women for many years. Shout out to strong Italian women. <laughs> all women. And I, you know, they are incredible. They get the job done. Now here's a question, Joe. When is Plattsburgh going to have a woman mayor? Uh, I, it's only a matter of time. I don't think uh, it will, it'll be. Uh, we'll definitely see it in our lifetime. At least I hope in mine. We almost had one in 1989. Uh, Gail Edwards, a Republican, was running for mayor against Clyde Rabideau, the Democrat, um, who was a, a member of the Common Council at the time, and it was a very close race. Bobby Hall was also a counselor at the time. I think he was an outgoing counselor. Decided to run as a write-in candidate. And he... Split the vote. Yep, he was was not... Him and Clyde were at odds. Bobby wanted to run, and Bobby took almost a 1,000 votes as a write-in. Oh, wow. And if he, a lot of people felt that if he hadn't done that, the Gail Edwards, the Republican, would have won and would have been the first woman mayor. That's the excitement of elections, though. It is. It yeah. is. And don't discount those, yeah, those um, black horse um, <laughs> candidates that come in at the last second. <laughs> no, no, for sure. 
But we've we've had there's been many uh, there's been several women uh, Clinton County legislators. There's been women uh, counselors in the city. Um, with there's uh, Meg Lefebvre's on the town of Plattsburgh board. Um, I don't think no town of Plattsburgh. I don't think has ever had a female supervisor. Hmm. Um, Not in my records of um, look back and that kind of thing. Have I seen? Any no, I don't think that? so. As a matter of fact, I think Florence Coron was the first woman supervisor of a town in Clinton County, and this was back in the 80s. She was the Beacon Town supervisor for a while. Um, but, and not that long ago, our three state representatives in state government, Janet Dupree, Assemblywoman, Betty Little, state senator, and uh, Teresa Sayward, Assemblywoman. Uh, we had three women representing us at the state level. Yes, I believe I recall that time when I knew my local representatives. Yeah, we're all women, which was, yeah, it's, again, quite a notable accomplishment. So Yeah, and I want to give a shout-out to Sarah Rowden. She was a Clinton County legislator for 12 years. And I remember when she first came on board, um, she was a newbie. And um, you could tell she was, uh, like, this was brand new to her. She had a lot to learn. Um and she did, and she grew into the position um, amazingly. And by the time she left, she was one of the most solid legislators I've seen in Clinton County. Uh, she really grew into that job, worked it, and uh, wound up being a really good Clinton County legislator. Uh, so shout out to Sarah Rowden. No, and even in my... And, uh, and she did it while bat battling cancer as well. Absolutely. No, and I mean, yeah, I think her reputation precedes her. As, you know, even though I couldn't maybe list off her accomplishments, I definitely know she's an accomplished legislator. So. Yep, and a very nice lady. <laughs> that I do. <laughs> and um, is the one thing I've always found interesting, and you probably don't know this off the top of your head, but whenever doing look back back in the mid-1900s, um, how we had the, quote-unquote, the city fathers and the aldermen, and how it wasn't even, you know, in the terminology to imagine that a woman could be the alderman of the city. And um, I believe, um, correct me if I'm wrong, that the terms have evolved over time. Yes. Um, uh, when I first started covering City Hall, they were aldermen. They changed that um, late 80s, early 90s. Um, it might have been part of, I think it was the early 90s when it was part of they had a city charter referendum on the ballot. There was a couple things on the ballot, and that was one of them. Should we change to from alderman to councillor? And that mm. passed, um, and it's been councillor ever since, which makes sense. It does, and yeah, the evolution of um, you know, language is definitely one of my favorite things about Look Back is that, again, um, back that in the early, early 1900s, back in the 1910s and 1920s, those events where it's like, Something to the effect of, you know, and women are also allowed to attend this event. <laughs> it's like, well, golly gee, you're letting the women in. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> it's it's a hundred years ago. It's not that long ago. No, no. It's the, yeah, grandparents and were, yes, just around there. So, um, so again, it's the, and as we, you know, discussed this morning, um, number one, certainly is that, and I'm terrible with holidays, dates, and such, but I should have known <laughs> that this month marked women's history, which I appreciate Joe thinking of that. Um, again, we talked about highlighting, you know, um, certainly some of the strong women throughout this month, and 
possibly even getting some of the, some of them on the camera or the microphone here. So yes, that's the plan. Or just going back to Alderman. Remember that show, Good Times. I don't know if you know it with Jimmy Walker. Um, Good Times with Chico and the Man. No, no, no. No, <laughs> Jimmy Walker was in John Amos. It was a long time ago in the seventies, and they had this one character who was a a city alderman in Chicago, and he would come over and and tell him a bunch of. Uh, baloney <laughs> that they they knew he was full of baloney because he was a politician and he was bald and they called him I think his name was Jones Balderman Jones <laughs> yes I like that <laughs> yes. so every time I hear the term alderman I think of balderman <laughs> we lost that classic political sling when they <laughs> got rid of that you can't really say too much about counselor <laughs> no just trying to be silly but speaking of um you know, certainly <laughs> women's rights, and again, one of um, one of my favorite stories, and favorite is not thing to say, but one of the stories that really stuck with me over the past few years was, I believe it was, um, was it Janet Dupree who um, discussed her experience um, coming up in the legislature, and kind of the um, the offhand remarks and such that she faced um, in her rise. We had, a, I'm sure, we've had a yeah. couple of stories about yeah. challenges of. Yeah, Janet has has given many talks about this over the years where she talks about how they sometimes spoke to her in demeaning fashion and uh, didn't uh, really want to consider her one of the one of the boys, I guess. Yes. Um and but you know, you know Janet, she's she is uh, tough and can stand up for herself. Um she fought through it and carved out quite a career of representation um over many years for us. Absolutely. But unfortunately, even decades later, you know, things persist. And right now, it seems our governor is embroiled in a situation. Yes. Here's one thing, though, I don't understand about, um, you know, well, we can't have women in power. Most of us who grew up, our grade school teachers, our grade school teachers were women that we looked up to and respected and admired. Why should we have a problem dealing with women and positions of authority when we're older. I don't think we don't. That's a very good point. Is that, yes, that we trusted some of our most trustworthy positions, nurses, teachers. Yes. (laughs) Traditionally to women. And so why not extend that to our political leaders? I Uh, totally agree with that. I just don't get it. Well, unfortunately, you know, I've certainly heard discussions of the fact that just the environment around the political world Unfortunately, it can sometimes discourage women from wanting to um, get in the fray and that kind of thing. So. Yes, and as we've seen, as you said, with the things going on with our governor, um, it's just so sad. It's not good. Um, sexual harassment has no place anywhere, really. And if these things are happening with him in Albany, then, the, well, there is going to be an investigation. We know that. And uh, an independent one. And we know that now. And hopefully the truth will come to light. And if all these things are true, that's shame on him. And I think he probably should resign because there's no way he can effectively govern um, with under that cloud. And, you know, this is nothing new. We've seen this in state government in Albany for decades. Um, mm. It has been pervasive. And it winds up costing taxpayers money, let alone how bad it is for women. Uh, you know, there's been many, many settlements paid in cases like this. And this is taxpayer money. 
uh, that's going out for this. Th- this is ridiculous. They're there to govern, mm-hmm. not to pursue their own pleasure interests or whatever. Um, well, it needs to stop. And as um, many people have said, and you know, and in fact, we spoke to um, Janet Dupree um, just um, the other day about this issue, is um, that when you're a leader, you have a mandate to lead based on people trusting you and respecting you. And, you know, we chose you because you have the qualities of a leader. And that's what your, at least in my opinion, your authority is based on, is people being able to look at you and say, yeah, I trust you <laughs> to make the right calls. I think you're a, you know, a person who has a good head on his shoulders, his or her shoulders. And is that it, with something like this, I think that's where the argument comes that if things do come to light that this was a pervasive pattern of harassment and foul behavior then you've lost that respect and totally if you, if you don't have respect then you're not in a position to lead so absolutely not um and i was just thinking one way to cut down on a lot of this would be to do everything zoom like we've been doing avoid the personal contact crazy as it sounds <laughs> It's true, and yeah, it's that, you know, yeah, there's something to be said about, <laughs> it's a sad yeah, <laughs> state of affairs. it is. But it's that, yes, there's something to be said about, you know, with avoiding gathering, we avoid spreading disease, but then, you know, there's also other social diseases that we might, but again, it's just that, where, where are we at if we can't even be civil with each other in the same room, or the same building? It's, again, you... It's part of your responsibility as a leader to provide a safe environment that people can walk into and do their jobs. So. Yes, and, and the other accusations against this governor, Andrew Cuomo, is, of course, of bullying. Um, how he has been bullying and threatening, uh, not just women, but many people um, that he's come across in his career. And that, that has no place either. Um, you're there to do a job. Um, you, there's no reason why people can't be treated decently. Yes, and you know, and I think that it seems to me in my reading of history that that behavior has become less accepted over the decades, where, you know, the old, um, you know, boss Taft um, thing from, you know, New York City, where you have the strong man that he leads because he's tough and he's mean and he's, you know, again, it goes back to respect, is that hopefully we're moving away from where someone is, just because you're a loudmouth. <laughs> Boss Tweed, you mean? Boss Tweed. <laughs> what did I say? Taft. Taft? Yeah, there's probably a Taft, too. <laughs> probably. But, yeah, it's, again, that, you know, I know that you've seen um, your share of all types of leaders, and some are more soft-spoken than others, and some are more throw the weight around, but <laughs> it's, um, again, I hope it's part of the culture that's changing, and I think... Well, people were saying is, you know, that um, if this were to happen, I saw a post on Twitter the other day that if this were any other governor, you know, the governor of Iowa, you know, I certainly don't know his name, unfortunately, would this be such a big deal? And no, it's the fact that Andrew Cuomo put himself on a huge stage. And when you do that, the spotlights are bright. And so hopefully this is because it's happening to someone that's as big as him, it will have some People take a lesson from it. Well, it happened to somebody even bigger than him in the White House <laughs> the that, last four years. That is true, yes. And nothing that, came of it yet, uh, no, unfortunately. No. And yeah, and, and certainly, yes, is that it's still something that we're grappling with. 
and um, but is again and you know and uh, we brought this up under the light of Women's History Month and women's history shouldn't have to just be about that. No. <laughs> it should be about accomplishments not just um, you know women being less than so and people just need to do the right thing absolutely and um, why and can't it be so simple what's wrong with peace love and understanding exactly <laughs> See, I got that reference, Joe. One of these days, <laughs> we'll get it right. And speaking of, um, you know, powerful women, we also um, profiled um, a few women that are helping out at the um, vaccine clinic, which, um, you know, I thought, even though, again, I didn't even think of the women's um, health connection, is that um, we have um, Celine Racine Paquette yep. and, um, helping out there. And is that, again, health. And women are like, it's right. Care and women are very closely tied. So, mm-hmm. um, again, I just like the fact that the paper does um, profile, you know, strong women out there in the community. Absolutely. I mean, they are a big part of our community, and they deserve recognition um, as much as anybody. Absolutely. Uh, and and if you can shout out your mom, shout out to my mom Elizabeth Rowe and yep. single moms. They rock. Absolutely. <laughs> Have so many strong women. We are Absolutely. lucky to have them in our midst. And actually, and I should again know the names, isn't there a local female legislator who was a single mother? Or am I thinking of... Um, shoot, who was I just thinking of the other day? There was some legislator who was... From, Katie Wilson was ran for Congress mm-hmm. as, a, as a single mom. That might have been who I'm thinking of, but um, which again, yeah. I know there's lots of them you know, around the country, which, gosh, you know, to do that and be a... Yeah. Absolutely. The legislator is powerful, so. No, shout out to women, uh, strong women, all women everywhere. Um, We love you. Uh, Keep up the good work. Keep up the fight. Absolutely. uh, You make us all better. Thank you. Now, can I switch really quick? And also, um, again, is that Joey is absent, and you know what? No sports this episode. <laughs> no. It's that if you if you want sports news, then you know you know change the channel. <laughs> I might sneak, sneak a little in here. No, end, but that's okay. Um, let's talk, Doctor Seuss. Oh gosh, <laughs> Joe's lobbing a bomb. Yes. Um, for those of you who may not know, the publishers of the Doctor Seuss famous children's books decided themselves to stop printing six six books from mostly from the 30s and 40s i think mm-hmm. um they had um stereotypical depictions, depictions of... and and descriptions of characters mm-hmm. um that they felt uh, were outdated and not proper um and of course on social media Everybody went crazy. Oh, government censorship. The government stopped. Biden's doing this. No, no, no. The government isn't telling you you can't read these books. The publishing company themselves has decided this. But here in Plattsburgh, at the Plattsburgh Library, part of the Clinton-Essex-Franklin Library System, uh, Dan Carmen, I think is his name? Uh, ben Carmen. Ben Carmen, yes. yes. Uh, the children's librarian. Um <laughs> Decided, um, basically he said, we're not canceling anything. Mm-hmm. They're staying on the shelves. Um, it is an opportunity for parents, teachers, anybody to use these books to point out um, inappropriateness or discrepancies and use it as a teaching lesson, um, which it certainly can be. 
Um, bravo for them. I think, you know, information, as we always say, information is not the enemy. Okay? It's what you do with it. And you can look at this in the perspective um, that you should intend for it. Um, okay, it's it's 84 years old or whatever the books were. Mm -hmm. um, another time. Um, it's not appropriate now. And you can use that to teach. So... It's not cancel culture. Mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, and nobody's telling the library the libraries that they can, um, you know, show it, and um, is that the company I presume has no authority over that, and so it's um, you know it's up to the librarians. Which, you know, shout out to librarians. Yeah, <laughs> is that one of my favorite things um, is that over at Sydney Plattsburgh they have their banned books um, week, I believe it is banned books day. One of those where they read um, controversial books that have been pulled from the shelves over the years. You know that. The Tom Sawyer and the Huck Finn and interesting, yes, is um the which again are you you often hear stories of um parents calling into the school saying you know what are you doing reading this book to my child which has you know racial issues sexual issues that kind of thing but as you said you know it's students if you're if you're gonna hide that stuff from kids in my opinion then that's not doing them any good because it's out there so you know you don't just pretend it doesn't exist. You should tell them, you know, look, this is what it used to be, and now this is how it's changed. And um, right is that, um, had you happened to look at the, um, well, first of all, one thing is the fact that with the Dr. Seuss books, these aren't, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, these aren't A-list Dr. Seuss books. This isn't red fish, blue fish. This Second isn't green tier. eggs and ham. Yes. This is like, these are like low tier <laughs> right. Dr. Seuss books. I mean, I heard of the zoo one before, if I owned a zoo, vaguely. That one's, I guess, a little higher. But otherwise... Happened on Mulberry Street. Yes, I think those are the two big ones. And yeah. then there's like six or seven ones that are just, again, yeah. <laughs> really like some of his... <laughs> not his best work. Um, so it's not as if, again, they're, you know, dealing with the, the high-profile ones. Um, but beyond that, had you looked at um, the the text that they're referring to? No, I haven't seen it recently. But I, the, yeah, the, you know, it, um, it showed... Um, in describing Africa, it showed um, kind of tribesmen and with kind of um, like grass skirts and that kind of thing and physical depictions that looked, you know, like the old timey racist, yeah. you know, depictions. And then it showed, you know, um, some in referring to Asian countries, it showed with depictions again of stereotypical Asian features and that kind of thing. And it's just that, again, to to think about it. I encourage people, you know, go and look at it. Is that again? That yeah, it's <laughs> it's old fashioned. But at the time, it might have worked. Yes, and that and that's the conversation to have. Is right. that you know, as we were just saying about you know, um, women's um, you know, relations, is that words and images have changed over time, and if part of that is acknowledging that <laughs> and appreciating, you know, wow, look at how backwards this is and how old this is and that kind of thing. So. But again, is that I totally agree with um, with the library in keeping it. And as um, as Mr. Carmen said, is um, you know um, that teachers can go and you know um, show the kids, you know, look, this is you know not correct. And um, but look, this is what they wrote back then. Well, that kind of thing. What do you think of the way this issue was mangled on social media? Well, I think again is that we live in a time where we are in a the internet is basically a battlefield. <laughs> a <laughs> where, bad one. 
where every day you log in and you have to be ready with your sword and shield to fight <laughs> arguments about who knows what. And um, But again, I think that's where the library comes in, is that the library is not the internet. The library, you don't yes. go in there to yell. Certainly, you know, don't yell in the, in the library. We whisper. And um, is that you go in there, it's quiet, it's peaceful, and you can share information. And is that that's why... I think it's, again, good to point toward the fact that get off the internet, go to your library, talk to your librarian. I think you might have hit on a great slogan, the library, it's not the internet. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) It's true. Is that when was the last time that Joel Templia went to a library? Um, Oh, yeah. I was just trying to think about that. It wasn't that long ago. It might have been right before the pandemic. Um, I like libraries. Mm -hmm. When I was in... um, I went to Monroe Community College right out of high school in Rochester for two years. And, mm-hmm. um, of course, it was local, so I would just commute to my classes. And instead of doing homework and studying at home, I would drive to the town of Rondequite Public Library um, next to the school I went to. And it was wonderful. Uh, great place to study, uh, things I needed, um, helpful people, quiet. Uh, so I was there a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, in college, you go to the Feinberg Library. Oh yes, and um, I don't go to the city library as often as I did other libraries, but I've been there. Mm. Um, well, again, it's just that talking about it's not the internet. I'm sure you can recall from more recent visits when you walk in there, it's like it's quiet. <laughs> Nice, calm colors, and heck, you can't help but get relaxed when you look at a bunch of books. <laughs> nope. Libraries <laughs> you know, are the, cool. Libraries, yeah, like like you hit it on the head, is that libraries are the anti-internet. <laughs> they're calm, they're quiet, they're peaceful, and and plus, also, if we're talking about libraries, libraries aren't just books anymore. You no. can go to the Plattsburgh Public Library, you can take out, um, you can take out movies, you can take out, um, Books on tape, um, well, books on CD. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can download e-editions of books, you know, to your Kindle and that kind of thing. You and, can use um, the computers. You um, can use the computers. And, yeah, I um, back in the day, um, when I think when I was coming up here commuting, I would go over to the library and just use my computer and that kind of thing. And, um, and the best thing is it's free. <laughs> You can just go over there. You don't have to worry about, you know, oh, do I have money to go to the library today? No, just go over there and check you it know, out. And, and, and I hate it when uh, when um, funding comes up for libraries and mm. it becomes a political football. Um, I, I hate that. I mean, libraries should definitely be funded. Yes. Uh, funded. Although they should always be a place where, especially, you know, to teach kids, you know, here's a safe place where you can just go and, <laughs> no, you know, you can go for free whenever you want. It's an awesome idea. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, and also, shout out to the Plattsburgh Public Library that when I went there, and yeah, and it was, I think, yeah, a little before the pandemic, um, they have a great graphic novel section, which um, um, did um, Joe Latemplio's kids ever grow up with graphic novels? Of, they're kind of like a halfway between a book and a comic book. They're well-bound, but they're like, there's been like graphic novels of Harry Potter and that kind of thing. Might, they might have. Mm. Um. And... Um, and also a lot of like um, kind of Japanese anime kind of things. And yeah. when I went in there and I was like, whoa, it's like a whole section of very cool. novels in there. Yep. So again, go and look around the library. You'll be surprised yep. what you'll find. And also um, the staff over there is, you know, again, librarians. 
people who have, if you're interested in books, <laughs> very will talk a year off. So. Very helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. We so, love the libraries. Um, so, no. So, uh, you know, um, some ups and downs as we head into um, Women's History Month. But um, is that... And also, one last thing that I think I'll bring up is yes. um, vaccinations. Is that we had a story in today's paper about vaccine clinics and of how um, pharmacies and other places are stepping up and you can go and get your shot. Um, I just got my shot um, two days ago and um, feeling pretty good. <laughs> um, as I've been telling people, um, you know, the, um, the second day I woke up, arm was a little stiff, um, had breakfast, drank a bit of water, and it loosened right up. So um, You had the Pfizer one, right? Yes, yep. Like I did, yes. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. And we're seeing more and more vaccine become available, which is a good thing. Yes. More and more opportunities for people to go to clinics. The list of those eligible is, is kind of slowly expanding, mm -hmm. although you have to understand, you know, why the parameters are what they are. Obviously, they want to get the most vulnerable mm -hmm. population first, those 65 and over. Now they're having... Those with comorbidities um, eligible, um, frontline workers, essential workers, certainly. And I, I, I'm hoping it's not too long before the general public mm -hmm. uh, gets a chance. And I keep hearing mixed information about that. Uh, same here. And, you know, and again, is that it's a massive operation. And um, is that, as you said, you know, if you open the floodgates, there's always the risk that, you know, the not stereotype, but the bodybuilder will get it before grandma gets it, and then it's like, well, so, you know. Um, but no, I've heard mid to late summer, maybe? Yes, but then recently I heard maybe April or May. Mm. So it's hard to... It is, know. but the point to emphasize is that for an expanding number of groups, um, check your websites, check your paper, <laughs> and um, there's doors are opening. And, um, you know, again, my, um, my mom was refreshing her computer a lot. And, in fact, um, she was the one who nabbed me the surprise uh, appointment on Tuesday. And I believe, Joe, it was your, your lovely wife yep. that um, kept an eye out for you. And um, so if you have a buddy that can <laughs> keep refreshing the page for you, that is definitely a, a pro tip right there. Because um, it is, again, it is a little frustrating that it's like ordering tickets for a concert. You just got to get on the website and keep on refreshing. But if you do that, if you go to the clinics, um, they will try and get you in. And um, Yes, and, and the people at the clinics do a great job. They do, yes. It was nothing but professionalism that um, from the people that guided my car in to the nurses um, were, everyone was very pleasant and in a very... Not unpleasant, but a very chaotic situation yeah. where there's cars all over the place, there's people running all over the place, there's, so to still be a smile and, you know, under their masks is, um, is a great thing. So, um, and, and, you know, and I guess the one last thing that I bring up um, is that I've talked to a lot of people, um, I believe we both have, um, who have been hesitant to look into vaccines despite being qualified for fear of, um, taking them away from someone else. And um, to that, at least I have said that every person who is vaccinated is protecting and adding to the um, 
the way that we can, I mean, the only way we're going to get through this is getting Protection. everybody vaccinated. Yes. yes. And so you are just as important a building block in that um, because the powers that be have said you are, you know, they say you is that you're in the group that we want to help. So, you know, what do you say to that, John? It's almost as if you could say there's no such thing as being selfish when it comes to the vaccine mm -hmm. because everyone vaccinated is a step in the right direction. And there's no wasted vaccine. Right. It's that, you know, everyone is, again, a big part in building this wall against COVID. That's right. So, um, so again, um, lots of places. Um, we're going to be featuring the um, clinics in the paper more, so um, keep an eye out. Yep. But in the meantime, um, I'd say we didn't do a half bad job. No. Nope. <laughs> um, always a pleasure to have a chat with you, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, next week, we'll, uh, Joey will be back, presumably. Yes. Um, Who knows, yeah, what's going to happen with the sports world. But again, this was the anti-sports podcast. Yes. We're just, we will just say that we're happy that the kids are back and playing with the opportunities. And hopefully they can continue for, you know, uh, a few more weeks in the winter season and then get the fall two and spring season going and give them something, you know, a chance to do what they love to do. Because these poor kids have suffered a lot. Absolutely, absolutely. But you can also hear us newsmen talk about <laughs> the news, too. So, again, is that I was glad to hijack the podcast for <laughs> this week. Our but pleasure. One thing that doesn't change is, oh, also, you can find us on PressPublican.com, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes is my preferred way to get it. So um, check us out there. Heck, you can listen to us in all three if you want to. But in the meantime... Jolla Templia, take us out of here. Thank you, everyone, again, for listening, and we wish you all a little weak side help. <laughs> <laughs>